and uh, Jesus Oliveras. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes, sir. Pretty, David. pretty accurate. Pretty good. Close enough. Okay. So fresh I heard off on the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it's uh, I do this at all the worlds, man. I get faced with some some tough ones out there from the Eastern Europeans and oh, yeah. across Asia. So. I gotta get, I gotta up my game sometimes when it comes to those <laughs> names. Jesus isn't that bad, but um, fresh off the heels of a huge one thousand fifty five point five kilo total, and uh, did you know ahead of time what what were your plans going into this competition? Uh, my plans were to pretty much initially just get over ten forty five as a total because I think uh, that's the that was the all time. Uh, across all federations that was the highest junior total so i had three goals actually my first one was to unofficially break luke richardson's record of 10 10.5 my second one was to take back the texas open total record from kelly brenton which i don't know how he has the texas the, open record what the, yeah. he's canadian he's not even american that's what i was saying that's what i was saying but he had it at 10 22.5 so I wanted to bring that back to the States, bring it back to Texas. And then my third one was to break uh, 1045, which was held by Bo Lewis for, I think he had it for like almost a year and a half um, across all federations. So got all those three, man. And then go nine for nine. That was my, that was my most important one was to go nine for nine, simply because my last two competitions, I went eight for nine and I missed my third deadlift on both. So to finally get that off my chest, go nine for nine in the fashion that I did, man, like it just couldn't have been any better. It's like a freaking unicorn sometimes for me, man. When I talk about nine for nine, it almost never happens. It's like, I hear about it. I know it exists and it's out there, but I haven't seen it myself. That 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 freaking nine <laughs> for nine, right? When the stars just align. Um, when you were going in, did you like, how was training going into this thing? Um, So I actually, like to keep tabs of my training. So um, prior to this meet, my last competition was in late June, which was about 22 weeks ago. So I think about six weeks ago, I started charting like all my top singles and uh, training before this. It My squats were probably the most consistent. I think I had uh, like 18, like when I say this, I mean like in weeks out of like total. So I had 18 out of 22 uh, singles of over 800 pounds. Um, I think I had uh, 15 out of 22 like bench presses over 470 pounds, and then I had uh, I think like 11 pulls over 800. Um, so yeah, like my training had just been deadlifts had probably been my least consistent lift. Um, this, and we'll go. We can probably talk a little bit of like my previous meet, um, but like this whole year of 2020 man like my deadlifts had probably been my least consistent um but I and I, it had a little bit to do with grip and then um I actually I didn't tell anybody but I actually pulled my hammy when I pulled 857 like several months ago mm. um in my in my barn and like ever since then like there would be moments where I wouldn't be able to get 750 like past my knees so like that was a huge like it was a huge hit to my ego it was like a uh, it humbled me and it was just kind of like fuck like am I ever gonna like 
where's my deadlift going to be? You know, like, am I just going to be a squat specialist, like have a decent bench and have like a mediocre deadlift? Um, but managed to write the shit, man. Managed to figure out things here and there, how to fix my grip, how to fix my technique. Because for whatever reason, man, I would have a bad habit of like getting on my heels when I would walk out with heavy weights and that's where I would lose my balance. And like, that was the main reason why I lost two of my thirds, my two previous meets, because I would like pull, get on my heels and then I would lose my balance. And then I would uh, miss the lift and the technicality. So like these, like everything coming into this meet, man, was just about executing, uh, hitting the right RPE, like just sticking to the program, like not going off program um, and just like staying safe, staying smart. And it was just like taking care of myself. So it's just like, like, like you said, man, the stars aligned. Um, well, you know what? I'll, I'm not going to say that it was a lucky meet because luck had nothing to do with it. Mm. But it was just like, like, I would say, like, because I signed up about five weeks prior. And, like, for those five weeks, man, like, my training was, like, the most on point it had ever been. And it was just because I've kind of – I've been doing – I've been with Joey now for – we started late October last year. So a little bit over a year and it was just like, it just, everything came together, man. Everything that we've discussed, all the technical changes we've made, like it just kind of clicked, man. And it was just like building on top of each other. And then, I mean, every, everyone got to see what the product of that was uh, on Sunday. So it was just. It, it was, yeah, when I think stars align, I don't necessarily, I know you mean where sometimes sometimes people say that is in, I got lucky, stars align. When yeah. I say that, I think it's more um, stars align, meaning everything aligned in terms of your training. Like, um, oh. like in terms of, you know what I mean? Where it's very mm -hmm. rarely in life, like I'm sleeping well, my, pr my private life lined up where there's no stressors. <laughs> um eating well training well no injuries everything aligned and then we, like usually like life isn't like that right like so when you yeah. walk into a big competition you're like usually there's something that you're like fuck me i, I everything's kind of good but something's off and you're gonna deal with it and sometimes it's okay sometimes it doesn't matter it's not big enough to stop you but sometimes the stars align and you're like oh my god there is nothing out of place. I'm, I'm a, you, you go to bed that night knowing I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. I'm gonna smash some fucking weights tomorrow, right? You feel it, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I see what you're saying. And like, I guess to add on top of that, like I could, there was, there was a couple things that I could have let like unrail me. There was things that I, if I let them like bother me, they could have uh, messed up my performance. Like, because even, because I tried to learn low bar, I'm mean, probably done this decision in my life, but I tried to switch to low bar and it messed up my shoulder and my bicep. So like my bench like plummeted mm. about eight weeks ago, um, just because I thought that if I could learn low bar, I could speed up my trajectory towards a thousand pound squat. Um, but I mean, it's, low bar is not for everybody. High bar is not for everybody. Just stick to what works for you. Don't change it up. Stick to the if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Essentially, but uh, so but like everything. Are you okay? We'll say the stars align because the peak was on point. Uh, the taper was on point. Like bench showed up last second because I hadn't benched over. I hadn't benched over five hundred and ten pounds in like two months, 
because uh, of my shoulder and my uh, my bicep, so I was nursing that. So it's just everything was where it had to be. So we'll leave it at that. I'll agree. You know what? I, yeah, it was Sergeant Land. Isn't it funny how sometimes that happens where um, one of the three lifts shows up to the party, but they didn't RSVP. You know what I'm saying? In, in training, they weren't there. And they didn't let you know they're going to show up by saying they didn't RSVP. It's like, oh, well, you did show up after all because you didn't let me know. You know, I ain't seen you in two months. Where did this come from? Not not upset you showed up, but yeah, that happens. Um, I know you mean too where, because like, like the big fellas have a hard time sometimes getting under that bar. And when it turns into, look, even for, you know, a lot of people, low bar can be taxing on the shoulders and it's one of those it brings the barbell closer to the hips which is the fulcrum and i get it so the load is closer to that fulcrum but there is a flip side man like you said if it's high bar you just have to be a little more upright the torso is a little more upright and as long as the bar pass there you're okay but it's it, there's almost never a good time to tinker around with new things and try to improve. Like you're just trying yeah. to improve, but there's always like, when do you use this and try it? And when is it too close to a competition? We're like, oh shit, I think I just messed myself up trying to try, <laughs> getting greedy. What what yeah. did you do for uh, fixing your deadlift issue with when you said you were tilting at the top, um, riding um, up on your heels? So just, yeah, okay. So what me and Joy kind of came to the conclusion was just that I needed to. What do we work on? We, we pretty much focus more on our volume work. So what we did is, or what I did and what we agreed upon was pretty much drop the weight in volume. Like, um, cause I mean, like you see Ashton doing like 750 pounds for sets of five and stuff like that. And you see other people do like these stupid volume. Like that's impressive as hell, man. Like that, that's, that's incredible right there. And it's like naturally, for everyone who wants to be at the top, like you pay attention to that. You're like, fuck, like I need to be doing that. So I think where I started messing up was I was starting to push too hard and my technique got sloppy because you know how like whenever it gets hard, you kind of want to like pull your shoulders back to just go, not like without hitching. Like you're trying to lock it out without hitching because obviously if you hitch, um, that's a technicality. So I think it was, it started off where I tried to like, pretty much muscle that lockout in instead of just letting it happen naturally mm. and I would like get my shoulders out of position and like I would start like tilting my head back um mm. just to kind of get a little extra uh motion going back and then like I'm a big dude man so it's just like I gotta keep my center of gravity like where it is if I shift it if it goes anywhere like my body's gonna go with it um so pretty much what we did is just we focused on volume uh, went back to beltless work and um, pretty much just grinded out those. Well, not grinded. That's a bad term to use for this uh, analogy. Hustling though. Working, yeah. working. I know <laughs> working. what you mean. Yeah. It's it's the less so, it's the less sexy stuff though when it's lighter weight, lots of reps, right? It's yeah, not as like nobody, yeah, nobody wants to see it. Nobody cares about it. People, all people care about is the, the top single, uh, the result. But I mean, that volume is what really sets a precedent for precedent precedent for uh what to come so i mean i kind of had to like just humble myself and be like okay jesus like yeah it's not sexy it doesn't look good nobody really cares about it people are going to be like oh everyone's doing this but it's what i needed to do you know it's what i had to do to make sure that i was 
on the right course. And then I also went back to the very beginning of uh, like my first meet because this whole thing, it really took me back to the drawing board because I was like, okay, like what was I doing when deadlifts so great? So I went back all the way back to the beginning with Joey and I was like, okay, like I was hitting decent singles, um, but what was I doing for back down work? And like what works for me is I don't necessarily have to do heavy volume for deadlifts for my deadlifts to progress simply because I'm doing the heavy volume on squats. So I just, I can get away with doing light deadlift work as long as I'm working on technique and like just the feel of it. And like, that's enough for my deadlift to progress because I lift on squat, uh, squats on Monday. So heavy squats Monday, do whatever I do for volume. And then like, it's pretty much the same muscle group. So I hit um, heavy volume on squats. And then I would try to do heavy volume on deadlifts. And that was a big no-no. Um, so I kind of had to like look at it. I had to like take a couple steps back, look at my training and be like, okay, like what can I do to make sure this is still on par with this? And it was just a lot of like manipulating with like little variables, like, okay, drop weight volume for deadlifts. Um, let's keep pushing squats hard because there's a lot of room to grow in that. And it was just kind of a lot of trust in the process because it's kind of it's honestly really hard man to not get lost in the comparison with everybody just because i mean that's a natural part of the game like if you're gunning for the top spot like it's impossible to not look at somebody else doing the same thing and like compare side by side but that's how people get hurt that's how people um fuck themselves over mentally um that's how people you know and it's just really just got to keep your eye on your own stuff so that's really what i had to do those last six weeks to make sure that my training was at its best was like, okay, don't look at what's working for everyone else. Like what works for you? So I had, it was a big moment where I had to go back and like learn what worked for me. And I mean, uh, pretty much it, man. Proof is in the pudding. Um, it, it's, it's good that I noticed that you said, well, first off, when you're talking about your squats and you had mentioned, or well, all your lifts and you're mentioning how many times of the week you would hit certain numbers over, uh, you know, a certain milestone. And you were aware 15 out of 22 weeks, I squatted more Mm -hmm. than this 15 out of 22 weeks, I bench more than this. So you are paying attention to these numbers because not many things in life are you given a numerical value to it to actually like, well, I think it felt like this. You're giving a numerical value. So there's some data. And then you're having the discussion with your coach in presenting him with data on how you feel and giving feedback where some people like, you know, and that helps them do their job. Some people just full on be like, I'll just do whatever you tell me, but, and just trust the process, which you need to do. But if you don't give feedback and be like, Joey, you know, I, I'm looking back. I think this helped. I think I felt better at the time when this was going on for deads. When you let them know, like give them something to work with or like, thank you, dude. Now I can take this information and we work with it, right? Where it's like, you know, some people just want to trust process to the point where um, they feel like the coach has to be almost like a fucking mind reader. And they're like, you just tell me. It's like, well, okay, but I'm just going off of numbers aren't, they're a lot, but they're not everything. Like how hard is this struggling? How are you feeling? You know, what have you noticed yourself? Do you feel a little tilted at the top when you're deadlifting, et cetera, right? I mean, it's important to take a little accountability. 
Yeah, I mean, and, I, and to add on top of the accountability thing, there was like, okay, you know how I mentioned that I tried to learn Lombard? That was one thing that I did try to do without letting Joey know. And that was like a whole different side conversation because he was like, what the hell are you doing, dude? <laughs> like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And then like, we had to like fix everything because of that. But that was like, just like the one thing that we didn't talk about. But for the most part, like our communication is pretty good. Like, um, if I want to try something new, then, like, I'll talk to him. Or if he wants me to change something, like, any slight difference, like, oh, like, move your grip on the bench, like, quarter of an inch out or in or some. Just That's just, like, a, an example. Um, like, we, we're pretty good about that. We, we talk home. Well, we, we communicate quite frequently. Mm-hmm. It's, um, and, and it's the little things, too, that you could start doing. And if you don't relay that to your coach, and then all of a sudden things start changing all around and you're like, man, my bench is going down, but mm-hmm. it might not even be a bench. Like, did you mess around with your bench grip? No, I didn't. But you change like the bar on your <laughs> squat. Then you're like, but if you don't, you know, he, if he doesn't know, he's like, oh, this is weird. Why would that start happening? That's yeah. where like, he could be that, that third eye on you being like, all right, I see a little something, something walking mm-hmm. into this competition in Texas. Now, you had gotten some hype leading into this. Um, you popped up on my radar. I don't know exactly when, but for sure all of 2020. It was, it was November of 2019. It was my, my first 771 deadlift. Uh, I remember because I got some shit about my setup. It was too long. And I'll agree. I'll agree. I'm at that <laughs> point now. Is that, that's such a freaking <laughs> troll comment someone gives you. It's like, What? I'll agree, you know, because now uh, being in the game for a little bit, I can see where people say that, and I'll agree, you know, my sort of. I, but the, I was a I was a newbie, you know, I didn't know the the unspoken rules of powerlifting. No, so man, like, listen, listen, you know what? <laughs> Let me say something. I don't think there's that's more. You could just trim the video. I think yeah. you do as long as you want. The only thing, <laughs> as long as it's um within sixty seconds, only because if the setups. Yeah longer than you actually have on the platform it'll mess you up if you have to be rushed so maybe there's a little validity to it but uh but you remember when you got reposted and and what happened there did things start changing once once people started paying notice like you did you Uh, feel momentum coming around your side like for me personally yeah like well like the eyes on you have increased increased obviously we'll get to the competition in a sec but I'm just, I know for myself, put it this way. When I started, when you popped on my radar and, and it doesn't hurt to be, have Joey as a coach, whenever you're someone's a part of one of the big coaching staffs, it just makes it easier. Some people like hit me, hit me up as King of like, You play favorites to certain coaches and certain, not really. It's just, you're easier to find on the radar. Cause if you're under Joey, Nori, you know, the strength guys, the strength athlete, whatever, um, they repost you and I just see you. And that's my introduction yeah. to you. Oh, it's, it's easy. It's easy. I just saw you in Joey's story. So um, it's less than like people think. So, you know, yeah. they might see I it differently. Mean, Go ahead. I, I will say, that I'll add, to add on top of that, um, that was one of the big reasons why I wanted Joey. Because so when I first mentally made the commitment to do strength sports, powerlifting, it was January of 2019. And it's because I'm a very competitive person. Like I've done sports since I was in seventh grade, since I was 12 years old. So um, I just like to compete. I like to, I need to do something with my life. I need to just be invested in something. 
I need to be training because it's just, um, I, I can't imagine my life without doing something like this. Um, so when I played football, my aspirations were to make it to the league. Um, and then when I went to go do collegiate track and field, my aspirations were to go to the Olympics. So whenever I quit collegiate sports, um, I just, I still have that like driving me like, oh, like gotta do something, gotta do something, gotta be great, gotta be great. Um, so then I started it off with Strongman. I was originally gonna do Strongman. Like I was, I started watching like Eddie Hall, Brian Shaw, like guys like these, Martins Lises. Um, I based a lot of my training off what they did in the gym, not necessarily like their strongman training, but a lot of like their weight, uh, like standing stuff, like squats and stuff. Like that's what I would base my training off of. So I was doing my own programming for a little bit. And then my younger brother, Pablo, he also competed um, this past week with me. And he used to watch Russell Orkey's videos. So then he was like, hey, bro, like you need to check this guy out. Like he's pretty cool. Uh, blah 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 so then I started watching Russell's videos and then um I think it was on one of his videos like he was talking about Joey and I was like hmm like who's this Joey guy so then like I looked at Joey on Instagram and I went through his page I I thoroughly investigated Joseph Franzo for like a good two to three weeks before deciding, like this is the guy who's you drove by his house. You went by his house a few times, <laughs> peeped it out. What's what you living like? <laughs> yeah, man. Like for real, seriously, man. Like I, I went through his feed. I looked up all the athletes he's taken to world. I looked up John. Um, I looked up Russell. Uh, like Sean Nor. I think Sean was still with him at the time. Amanda, um, Amanda Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes sir. And I was John like, Keiko, guy, dog, we could go on for probably a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> John, John's, John's one of my favorites, man. I love that guy. Um, and then I was just like, this guy has repeatedly, repeatedly taken individuals to compete at the highest level. And that just matched up with the aspirations that I had for myself. And I was like, you know what? Like, I need to reach out to him. And then my mindset was, okay because I knew that he had Will and Mikey at the time and I was like if he sends me to one of them I'm like no disrespect to them like I'm, I talk to Mikey every now and then now um but it was just like I, I I want Joey like Joey's the only guy I want and if he doesn't take me I'm just gonna keep coaching myself until I do whatever and then he emailed me back and he was like hey man I'm like I, well, I think I can squeeze you in <laughs> you go well better make a lot of elbow room because I'm a big gentleman <laughs> squeeze me in so yeah, so then I think this was right before Raw Nationals. So then I waited until after, and then I think we started around like late October, like right after Raw Nationals, like a couple weeks. And that's when we started working together. But um, as far as like the first time that you reposted me, like, I don't know, man, because like my mentality is I've never been the strongest. I've never been the most gifted. I've never been the most... Uh, the best at anything like even in my own family like I can say that I'm not the most talented you know like I 100% believe my oldest brother uh, was is or was the most talented you know he's a little older now so you know that that thing's like flown by him um, and then now like my younger my the, the baby the baby he's like I'm pretty sure if he decided to do powerlifting he'd probably destroy the numbers I'm hitting now by the time he's 18, 19, you know, but he's still 14. He doesn't know what he wanted to do. Um, and then even when I was in high school competing in powerlifting or football, 
you know, I was never the biggest. Um, shit, my high, my last high school total that I did was a 1660 single ply. And I was competing against like Rudy Flores. I don't know if you know any of these names, but these are like legendary status high school lifters from Texas uh, High School Powerlifting Association. Like these guys were hitting well over 2000 uh, as high schoolers. So it's like, I had to look at those guys uh, and they just blew me out of the water, you know? Like all I had to rely on was my athleticism. Like I was greedy, like I worked hard. So like, these are the things that I, that I still carry with me, but like, I was never the best. So it's like, I always have in my mindset, like I don't need momentum. I don't need people cheering me on. I don't need any of that because I've always, I mean, oh, okay. I take that back. My family cheers me on. They support me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones who I talk to when I'm like down, when I'm like talking like, oh, like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do that. They're the ones that are reassuring me. But as far as like social media, like clout, um, sponsors and stuff like that, like, I don't do this for any of that, man. I do this for honor and for glory. You know, like I, I, I've always wanted to be the best. And like now, like, even if it's out of my reach, you know, like I'm not going to stop myself from trying. So like, that's, that's really my mindset, you know? So, but, so it's like, for me, like when you told me like, oh, did I bring momentum? Like, it's like, mm, I don't feel like it did because it didn't change anything. Like I was still going to work just as hard. I was still going to bust my ass, you know, like, I don't, I don't do this for momentum. I don't do this for likes and stuff like that. I mean, like, it's nice. It feels good. It feels good uh, receiving acknowledgement. It feels good that people are starting to see what I'm working for, that my work is speaking for me because I think I'm pretty quiet on the scene. I think uh, that I'm not really like brash or outspoken, but it's getting to a point to where people are looking at my body of work and they're beginning to see what I see. So it's like, that's, that. I mean, that, that, I guess that's my response for that. But like, as far as momentum, like I'm like, mm maybe maybe not well when you were younger um i think i seen i i, I look back at uh, your instagram um in so i think you pulled like 300 kilo 660 and mm. you were um but you also as an as an athlete in high school you won athlete of the year didn't you uh senior year but that's because i went to mm. state and shot and field track and field yeah, like you were a good athlete, no? Like you were, yeah. let's talk about I, I was, this a little I bit. Was a, I was a decent athlete, I'll say. But so, so let's talk about it a little bit. So initially I see tons of football in there. You, you, yeah. in, in the team, look at Texas. I mean, and these, some of these Southern states, people don't understand how big football is. No, it's a religion, man. It is a religion, my man. It is, um, everybody plays. Everybody people watches. and breathe it. Right. And when you were growing up, was that like your main aspirations, you, your brothers, was it, I want to play football and that's really your introduction to sports and you were lifting initially. When did you start weightlifting when you started all this? I started at the age of 12, man. So I was seventh grade because, uh, so I'm from Odessa, Texas. It's a pretty decent sized town. I think they're like 120,000 in, uh, in Texas. Um, have you seen Friday Night Lights by any chance? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's where that movie was filmed. Oh, De- Permian High School is where I graduated. Uh, I'm, being, I'm gonna be a little hazard for a little bit. Dude, dude, is this, but, uh, was that based on your life? Is that show, is that movie life. based on your life? 
<laughs> not my life, man. No, 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 no. That's way past my time, man. Way past. Um, but I went to high school, so it's I went to high school there for at Permian. So it's like even till this day, man. Till this day, it's like the same way that they depict it in the movie. Like that's how serious they are about football at Permian High School. Like as a head coach, man. Like if you're not winning in one to two years, your ass is out of there. <laughs> like they like if you can't win at Permian High, man. Like just just pack your bags if you don't think you can win. Um, but and how many people show up to a game? Let's 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 talk about for people who don't understand. Because look, at, I'm from Canada, bro. I don't <laughs> understand. So sometimes, so, yeah. How many people show up to a game, and how intense? Everybody in town knows about it, etc. Um. Well, so Ratliff Stadium, the stadium that they show in the movie, it holds up to twenty two thousand people, and. My senior year, man, I'm pretty sure every game was sold out. So we would have like 20,000 people every Friday night show up at 7 p.m. to watch Permian play. Dude, you were a kid too. These are, these are kids. These are high school kids. I remember high school, like you guys are big. Like, you know, by no, by no means or do you look like children. <laughs> but I mean, you're young. You were super young. I... As athletes, there are people who are going to be listening to this podcast who are straight up, the biggest thing they, they got into is powerlifting. And this is the biggest they're, they're going to feel. And you couldn't ever fathom a powerlifting competition with 22,000 people packing a stadium to watch it happen. That, that, not yet. I don't, not yet. Well, okay, here we go. <laughs> not yet. But um, you experienced that as a teenager. And I mean, it's yeah. in the news. It's all over the place. You have grownups interviewing you on camera. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's coaches are hired and fired in a season based off this. Yeah. This is big, man. And you are all of a team. You know, it's something that we don't necessarily, I, I don't think a lot of people are ever going to experience as adults. You're never going to know what it feels like to have 22,000 people jammed in to watch you participate in a sport. How did it feel as a teenager to deal with that? that pressure and that anxiety um it felt it was honestly man i can i can give a little credit to that um because you really have to be able to block out the noise man because it can get loud like i remember in my senior year um against san angelo central it was uh, for the district championship and this it got so many people went to that game that they had people like fill out like the little grass area separating um like the two sides and then there was just like, man, like it got so loud that we couldn't even hear each other during warmups. And it was just like the bands were playing, like the game hadn't even started yet, because it, but it was like a rivalry game. So it's just like, you can't even hear yourself think, man. So it's like, <laughs> you really just have to like, just go through the flow, go through the motion, like block it out, like pay no mind to it. Or it's just, so, I mean, and I mean, especially not like, like I think the biggest stage or crowd that I've seen was this Sunday where it was, I think maybe there was like a hundred people there, maybe a little bit more. But I mean, even when I'm on stage, man, like I don't hear them. I don't hear anything. I just, I'm there. I'm in my mind. I look at the ref, I hear the ref and then I'm, that's pretty much it. So it's like, I can, I feel like it was a good place to start for my athletic career. I guess you could say uh, as an athlete, um, just because it really taught me a lot about keeping my composure um in big moments um I guess that's fair I, I don't really like to use my high school career as a reference point but I guess like how you mentioned it you know like I guess it could be 
because I don't like to sound like a has-been or anything because I'm 22 now. I graduated in 2016. Like that's It's a little behind. early to be a has-been. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, it's because like when you go to Odessa, Texas, man, like you'll see people who graduated 20 years ago and they'll just be like, oh, man, like I miss those days, man. Like they peaked. <laughs> they peaked in high school. Like that's not me. So I just, I want to disassociate myself from that because I still have a lot ahead of me. Like I didn't peak in high school. I have not peaked yet. I still have a lot to go. So that's why, that's why I guess to go into context. But uh fair. It's just fair. it's it's a it's a big moment to experience, man. Like I would say that it's some of the my most fondest memories. Um, but it oh shit, man, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot. It's not necessarily um about peaking in terms of uh potential and where you're gonna go, because let's be honest. You have the potential, not to freak you out, young man, but you have the potential to possibly be the strongest man in the world. You have the, the biggest total in all of the IPF across the world, and you have potential to possibly make history and become the strongest ever. And it's so in terms of, um, you know, peaked out potential and your footprint on the game and your footprint in history, Nah, man, we're not even close. But yeah. um, so so that's no worries there. But in terms of um, in terms of like, I guess it puts a lot of perspective. Oh, you get a repost and some people acknowledge. And um, how are you dealing with the the acknowledgement and how are you dealing with the attention? In terms of relative comparison to that, you would be look at. I grew up in a unique set of circumstances <laughs> that that yeah, that are gonna. Enable me to not be phased by too much. I'm pre- I'm straight. I, I got I got like, you know, a baptism by fire, so to speak, where not too much is going to throw me off. This is in terms of like hype, etc. But there is some things that'll be different, and in that would be when you show up to that football game. I mean, you got a coach that's going to bear a lot of brunt. You got all the rest of the team that have to do their part. But when you show up on the platform come competition day, it's the loneliest place in the world. When you're on that platform, it's just you. Mm-hmm. You did it or you didn't. You executed mm-hmm. or you didn't. Because Joey's already established. You know, Joey's not going to take a whole lot of heat because people know how good he is. So you got to execute. So it's a little bit different in terms of that. Uh, going from one sport to the other. Do you, how do you find that difference? Do you like it? Are you enjoying it? Does it feel a little different? It is a little different. And I was literally thinking about that before every lift. I was thinking about that before I competed, just because um, I saw Taylor's performance. I saw Ash's performance, like all these historical performances in 2020. And I'm just here like, damn, like I have that same potential, but I haven't, I haven't put it out there yet. I had, you can say that my 2171 performance was historical. I didn't think it was. Uh, I thought it was just uh, me putting up like what my current PRs were at the moment on the platform. Um, but like, it's just kind of, for me, man, like, you know what, like I, I'm a firm believer that any moment is only as big as you make it. So for me personally, like I make every moment as big as I possibly can simply because it's like, that's how you bring the most out of yourself. Like, how much attention to detail do you put in the smallest little things like your walkout? How precise is it? How's your core bracing? You know, every little thing to me matters 
because I'm I'm a natural athlete, man. I don't like I got I'm like I got my got my creatine up on my hairdresser. I haven't opened that hole in like two months, dude. Like, but because of the goal I have at hand for myself, the way I look at it is like the room for error is so small that I have to find ways to fully maximize what I have. And it's just and it goes to that, you know, I make the moment big. It's just me on there. Any little mishap with the weight that I'm moving could result in a catastrophic injury and I could be sidelined for three to four months. Or, and then like you said, you know, it's like, if I fail, I'm not making Joey look bad. I'm not making anybody else look bad except myself, you know? So it's like, it's either time to nut up or shut up. So it's like, am I gonna execute or am I gonna flop? So like that would, like that, I've been thinking about this for a long time, man, because it's like, you know what? I know what I bring to the table and if people don't want to acknowledge that, I'm going to force them to, you know? So it's like, so I don't know, man. It's been a big change. Um, I certainly enjoy it. Um, I like the nerves. I like the competition. I like the, it's been a pretty smooth transition, I would say. Do you, did you feel nerves coming into the big um, 1,055 kilo 0.5 kilo performance. Did you know it was going to be as impactful as this? You know, you obviously knew it was going to be the biggest total in the IPF in all of 2020. You'd be sitting on top with Joey's other disciple, Amanda Lawrence. And, uh, you know, you're used to joining a team that's winning and dealing with a little bit of team pressure where look at everybody else on the team's killing it. You know, this, this team, we, we got a team full of champions. So if, if you don't make it, it's on you. Um, you're used to that because the football helped with that, right? Like you're, yeah. you're a winning team. So you stepped into that role, but did you know ahead of time? Cause for myself as an outside observer, when you hit that, it felt like I had dudes that were previously you were on the radar now and previously like he's got tons of potential. Holy shit. He's strong. But until someone puts it all together, you're not sure exactly where they lay. And a lot of people are super strong in the gym, but don't seem to put it together on meet day. We don't got to drop names, but there's some people who habitually have a hard time putting together on the meet day look like Kings and Queens in the training room. And previously your total was around 70 kilo less. So while they knew you were strong based off your previous performance and they seen potential in the training, uh, they didn't know exactly where. So people were excited, but due to previous, what we've seen in the sport, a little hesitant to put a crown on your head yet. After what you did, I got people now in group chats that I'm in and people DM and be like, holy fuck. What are we talking about here? Are we talking 2021? You throw in another 70K and at your age, you could. And at your, yeah. the percentage 70 kilo on top of a thousand is nothing. We're talking 5% range. Um, you know, you could be breaking all time records. You could be besting Ray. You could be number one in the world, period. You know, people are like, oh my God, this could be the showdown between him and Ray Williams. This could be between him and history. And you have the biggest total period. Like, did you... Is all of this a stitch overwhelming? Because I was a little overwhelmed with reception. I don't know if you got the same. Or were you anticipating this is going to be my coming out party after this weekend, people are going to talk? Yeah, I knew this was going to be my coming out party, man. Because even, even before I had competed, before I had, like, I, I knew, like, this is the way I looked at it. 
there was certain people I needed to meet and surpass, but the one person who had always been there in front of my path is Ray. Like everything I want to do, everything I want to accomplish goes through him, you know? And like, I was talking to some of my friends the other day and I was, cause like, I don't know if I'll ever squat 500 kilograms, but the way it's looking with everyone getting stronger, uh, these new up and comers behind me, uh, like I'm gonna have to hit it out of necessity. I'm gonna have to squat over a thousand pounds. I'm gonna have to bench over 600. I'm gonna have to pull close to a thousand if not over. These are things I'm gonna have to do to be where I wanna be. So it's like, some people are like, oh, like it'd be nice to hit this. But my mentality is like, no, I have to hit this. So I knew it was gonna be like my company. Like just for me, man, everything has been how, actually, no, I take that back. It's been more, it's been moving at an accelerated uh, rate. Just because I honestly, when I start, first started working with Joey, I didn't think I was going to break 2300 until I was like 24, 25, just because I was giving myself, I guess I was just doubting myself. I was just like, you know what? There's no way I'm going to progress this fast. Like nobody's ever progressed as fast. Like I was just taking it day by day. And then like we started working together, man. We started clicking. And then I was just like, okay, I already surpassed this guy. Who's the next guy? Surpassed this guy. Who's the next guy? And like right now, man, like the only person I haven't surpassed it is Ray. And that's always been the theme. So like in my mind, and like, I don't know. And I guess I'll just say it here. This is the best place to say it. But that's why I changed my my Instagram handle to Megatronus. Because like, I'm a, I'm a big nerd, man. I like, like comics and stuff. And I know my my knowledge on the, the Cybertronian history is a little in. But like everybody knows about Optimus Prime and Megatron. So it's like, you know what? Like it was a mental thing for me. So it was like, you know what? Like this guy's in front of me. Like I want to see, you know, so it's just like, I kind of turned it into like a little IG thing where people were going to notice and put one and one together. But I mean, like, but I mean, like that, that's a lot to say, man. Like, cause Ray's, Ray's amazing, man. He's an amazing individual. I have a lot of respect for him. Um, if I didn't, I obviously wouldn't be trying so hard to catch him. But like he's a phenomenal athlete, man, and like I'm expecting him to make a full comeback next year. So that just I I like I have no time to like stay and look at the flowers. Like I gotta keep working. I got to, or else I'm gonna get my ass beat by 50 kilograms. By uh, that's an ass whooping, man. That's an ass whooping. Like people <laughs> don't realize. People are like a lot of people have been telling me like, oh my gosh, like you're gonna beat Ray, you're gonna do this, and I'm like, mm, that's not a that's not guaranteed. That's not no. like. If he be, if he beats me by thirty kilograms, that's an ass whooping. That's over seventy pounds. Like that's not that's a big margin, you know. Like that's still a big margin to make up, you know. Like there's no guarantee that I'm going to, but I gotta keep working like I will. So it's like, it, it is, man. It, it's funny how you say, uh, look at it. Pay, I know we were talking earlier. You you pay attention to where you are in the rankings overall right and you're moving up the rankings yeah. like okay this guy's mm -hmm. ahead of me this guy's ahead of me and then eventually and you're still young you're still a junior and you're like the only guy ahead of me now is ray and we're talking ray williams has won five world titles he's been champion half a decade he's made espn squatting a thousand pounds raw he's he's a poster boy for the ipf for pretty much anybody close to him 
you know, SBD, everyone's going to jump on Ray's back because that's how strong he is. He's a larger than life figure. I've met him and I remember the first time meeting him in real life and he's, you're not ready. You think you're ready? When you meet him in real life for the first time, for me, look at, I'm a normal sized dude. You're not ready, right? You're just like, holy mm -hmm. smokes, he's a large man. I have a picture of me um, interviewing him in Calgary. He won the world championships. I think that's when he made it five world titles. And I interviewed him on the platform afterwards. And I remember thinking, holy shit, this man's big. And then people mm -hmm. took a couple pictures for me. And I looked at the pictures and I was like, it looked like I was a child. And I was like humbled, man. You get humbled, right? And um, at a certain point when you're you, Jesus, Oliveris, it becomes your idols become your rivals. And in your case, a lot quicker than anybody would have imagined. A lot quicker than anybody would have. Your, your pace is startling, young man. When I look at your previous lifts, I don't have to go back too far it in a lot of it is because your age. Look at I go back just a few years. You're a teenager, um, so makes sense for sure. But mm -hmm. you are hitting your progress is phenomenal. Ray didn't hit the numbers you hit until much later on in life. So you're by the time ten years from now, you're still healthy. God knows where you're gonna be. It yeah. in the showdown with Ray Williams is going to be Titanic. It's going to be nobody can miss it. How I mean, old? it's I'm for I'm for sure gonna give him, like, if he misses one lift, man, and I go nine for nine, like, uh, I don't know if he's gonna be able to win, man. Like, I'm gonna, I know for a fact he's gonna have to go nine for nine to beat me, cause I'm gonna go nine for nine. I'm gonna wait for nine. Like, I I'm not gonna back down, man. Like, beating Ray is just step one. Step two is winning X amount of titles, X amount of national. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like. Like I'm, I'm ready for that moment. I've been training for this moment and for the moments after that with like every time I lift, man, and I don't want to get under that bar because trust me, when you got to move 700 plus pounds for reps, it looks nice, but it don't feel nice because that's a lot of weight. And like when you're not feeling it, it's just like you really, it tests you, man. Like how bad do you want it? And it's like, I have the, I got a picture that in my mind and it's just like, get back under that bar, man, get Get that, get that fucking weight moving. Make sure you hit depth. Every little thing counts, man. So it's just like I, when the moment comes, like I'm going to be as ready as I possibly can for it, but I'm not shooting for a second, man. Like now, I, 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 I'll say this. If Nationals would have happened this year, I would have been okay with second. Nationals was canceled. Next year, man, like, like that's, the, that's the only spot to aim for, man. Like I, I, I can't. I'm not going to be able to go and give my best performance if I'm like, oh, shooting for second. Nice. No, like you got to go for the top or not go for anything at all. So it's like, mm, well, let's get it going. And, and do you anticipate, because obviously, you know, it's a little bit of touch and go in terms of schedule. Let's just assume mm -hmm. that Nationals comes to rolling around. Have you been keeping an eye on, well, well, first off, let me, I want to ask you this before when you're, when you're talking about how you first started powerlifting in 2019, which just so happens to be um, when Ray had bombed out at Worlds and that was the one time he didn't win Worlds, but were you aware of Ray previously? Were you watching powerlifting previously to 2019 uh, before you got into the sport? No, I did not. I didn't, I didn't really know much about powerlifting until like when I first started. Like how, I how literally, did, oh, what are you gonna say? No, no, you go ahead. I'll ask after you. Oh no, I was just say like as soon as I came into the sport, 
I looked at the rankings. I look okay. At first, I looked at the junior rankings. I was like, okay, first step is okay. Got to be the best junior. Um, so I looked at like Joe Pena, uh, Bo Lewis, like all these guys that were on the list. Um, and then like I went ahead and looked at the open, and then I looked at the IPF, and I kind of categorized it. So like I have like a little mental list of the people that I need to be, uh, beat and the people I have beat. Um, so like that's when I first started looking at it, and like I guess I'll take this. I'll I'll give this. I'll credit this to football. I watch film. I study my competitors. I oh, wow. watch everything they do. I watch their depth. I pay attention to their frequency. I pay attention, like, huh, they haven't posted in a bit. I wonder if they're hurt or something. Like, I study, I, I like to call it watching film. And then, like, I analyze, I like to analyze as much as I possibly can because, like, the more knowledge, the more information you have, like, the better, like, you. it's just about being prepared. So, yeah. Or, would you go as far, thing? would you go as far as, like, I mean, this you haven't had to do this yet. But when you roll into a major showdown and one is coming, um, would you start looking at things like this? What this I'm taking this because it's football, like you had said, stats where you'd be like, look at, I know percentage wise when he misses his third squat, he's now down to 67% likely to hit his third dead. I know for a fact that you start crunching numbers and you're like, game day, you know. So if something happens and you're picking your, look, you got to pick your attempts. You just don't want to do it just based purely on feel. You're kind of reading the play a little bit because it's a game now. It's not just the difference between Ray Williams being there and you're going head to head and Texas Open when nobody's there and you get all nine attempts guaranteed and you could load the bar with whatever you want. Usually, your last dead, you're loading for the win and not a kilo more. You know, you've been crazy to load it more than you have to. So you got to pay attention, keep your eyes on the prize. Yeah. Are you going to be studying guys like that? Or are you just going to be like, I'm going to leave it totally up to my handlers? and just assume they're covering the bases. Are you that hands-on athlete who's like, look, here's some information I could bring? Because <laughs> you previously would bring yeah, information I, to Joey. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hands-on with it, man. Um, Joey is too, because obviously um, it's a team thing between me and him. It's I like to think of it as it's both of us. But, I mean, obviously I'm the one lifting. Um, but... Um, the responsibility that I will say I give to Joey 100% is when he calls my numbers because we've done three meets now together. So if he picks a number for me that I'm a little iffy about, I can trust him because you know what? He has faith in me when I don't have that faith in myself. So through that, I have a little bit of confidence going up. Um, like, especially, if, this is going to sound really weird and probably people are going to scratch their head, but especially for second attempts because I take big jumps in training. So I'm not really used to taking big last warm-up, big uh, second to last warm-up, big last warm-up, and then top single. I'll usually hit like either 716 and then jump like 100 pounds. Um, so that's what I'm accustomed to. So it's like, it's like a little subconscious thing where it's like, oh shit, like am I gonna have enough energy to hit that second and the third? But I mean, like that's where I trust Joey. If Joey thinks I can hit that for a second, and then I still have enough left in the tank for the third. Then I mean, like, all right, let's fucking go. Like, I'm going to hit it. And there's no question about it. Um, so, I mean, but as regard, like, uh, as, as far as it goes with, like, doing research and stuff, like, that's stuff that I like to keep in my mind. Um, and I'll tell Joey what I think I need to tell him. Um, if it has any relevance to 
how we in our dynamic. But um, for the most part, I pretty much keep it in myself. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, he doesn't really care about the being, beating the untested guys. All he cares about is me being Ray and, like, being the best in the IPF, UCPL. So, like, as far as it goes with, like, everybody outside of that, like, that's on me. That's who I keep tabs on and, like, really don't talk to Joey about because uh, he'll be like, oh, like, you don't, you're not, you're never going to compete against him. Like, don't worry about it. But, I mean, when you go to openpowerlifting.com, it doesn't just have USAPL. It has, like, at the number one spot, the coveted number one spot, man, that's across all federations. So, whenever they upload the my meet and you go to juniors, all feds, all years, all weight classes, my name's going to be number one. And then when you go to the open and you go to the 11th spot, my name's going to be right there. So, I mean, that's just little information here and there. My man, I love the, I love the confidence when you, you, here's the thing. You, you are such an athlete when you visualize, when you're like, I picture when you go to that, when I look at that scoreboard, I picture my name across it. That's what I see. And that's what you're yeah. going to see. And you're just kind of, it's such the, the athlete to have those visualization tactics. Um, a couple of things you, before we get into that, and we'll get into like, you know, the greater picture of powerlifting in terms of the untested as well, because you're right. Mm -hmm. Eventually they will compare you. Like they compared Ray, Ray to the untested division as well. You, you, it's mm -hmm. just part of the part and parcel with that kind of success. But you're talking about how, um, you know, when you're shifting the kind of weight you have to shift, you have to take some pretty big jumps in weight. Just makes sense. If you do too much top end, it's all around 900 pounds at the squat, then you're going to be squatting 900 pounds too much in the same day. By the time you deadlift, you won't have it. So it totally makes sense. You have to start in the 700s, late 700s, and you're going to take some big jumps, 100 pound jumps. Might sound crazy to ordinary size power lifters, but it's like, <laughs> you can't squat 900 pounds three times. You can't be that clustered close to 900 pounds three times because yeah. you're never going to have a deadlift later on in the day. But it also makes it far more nerve wracking because if there's anything off that day, it's like the Ray Williams in Sweden where you don't have that warning sign. When people, when Ray bombed in Sweden and people are like, can't you feel it warming up? I think a lot of people, Ray came on the podcast um, and Ray's coach, Matt came on the podcast talking about it. And he's discussing how 99% of powerlifters, I get it. They'd be like, well, if I feel a little off, in the warm-up room, the difference when you're a man, your guy's size and the weight you're shifting or that is the jumps are far greater. So the lighter weight kind of might not feel the greatest, but it's so much lighter. It's harder to know when you go out there and the weight jumps up and you're like, fuck me. It's an all or nothing proposition. And it's a little nerve wracking. I, when you described it, I guess it would be kind of like, you don't know until you're already on the platform unracking the weight. And you're like, well, let's see what we got today. And it's, it's kind yeah. of, it's kind of scary because you're all yeah. in at that point. There's no going back. Yeah. yeah like, uh, like I think at the beat, we had about 30 minutes to warm up, man. And that's kind of cutting it close for me. Cause it's like to, it, I usually take about 45 minutes to warm up taking my time because i go red 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 take a little bit of a break put my sleeves on red um put my belt on red and then by that point it's already like 7 16 and like um it's already been 30 minutes man because it's like you got to give yourself enough time to get as close as you can to 100 percent before every single rep because if you go up to 800 pounds and you're like 
gas and you're trying to catch your breath and you're trying mm. to rush, like that rep's not going to move as good as it can. If it, you're give yourself time to recover, catch your breath, get your mind right, and then get into the bar. And like uh, for for deadlifts, for example, like they were because I mean pretty much squat takes the longest because the weight's overhead, so it's more time between dropping the plate down or putting the plate up, changing the rack height. Um, but when it's for bench and then deadlift, man, like it's pretty much lower to the ground. So people move faster. Um, so like the time obviously is going to be a little bit less for deadlifts to warm up than it is for squats. So for deadlifts, man, I had about, I think a little under 30 minutes. And um, I literally had to jump from 490. My, la- my second to last warm up was 496. Went from 496 to 650, and then from 650 to 788. <laughs> we're here now. That's how quickly you're like, bang, bang, boom, we're at 800 pounds. Like, yeah. it's, it's crazy, man. I know, man. Well, the and, thing and then, is, sorry, you go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, and then, like, the whole thing was, like, Joey was just, like, just secure a 1,000, just secure a 1,000. Like, if you have any doubt in your mind, like, just drop your dead to burly crick a 1,000. But like by that point, I was like, you know what, man? If 788 is too much for me today, like I don't deserve a thousand. Like I'm gonna keep my opener where it's at and then we'll go from there. And then like it flew and then I mean the rest is history, man. Uh, literally, quite figuratively, young yeah. man. You, you rewrote some of these history books. These are things that a lot of people as well don't fully appreciate how things are different when, when you're super heavyweight. It's not, you know, a lot of people you hear put in their posts, look at, you know, there wasn't a lot of time in between bench and deadlifts, or there wasn't a lot of time before squats, but hey, everybody had the same amount of time, including my, you know, everyone that day had the same amount of time to warm up. So I can't really complain, but that's different when you're an 83 kilo lifter or a 63 kilo female, than if you're a man, your size, and you're going from nothing to 900 pounds that day it's like listen you know not i'm a large man getting underneath that bar but we have a lot of ground to cover so my 30 minutes is not your 30 minutes and then it's not just we'll just move quicker because like you said i need my body to calm down a little in between each and every time i get under some ridiculous weight like that we're getting close to a thousand pounds so i need a certain amount of of turnaround time so there's a lot of variables going into um, a guy yourself. How how large of a gentleman are you? How tall are you? How much are you walking around at? So I am a little over six feet tall. I'm six feet and three quarters inches uh, barefoot. And right now I'm walking at around like 343, 345. And I weighed in at uh, 347 uh, Sunday, but that was after a large dinner and a large breakfast. So I mean, like, I don't have to worry about like, so I mean, like I live for performance, man. Like everything I do is to ensure that I am at my best. You know, I don't have to worry about cutting weight. So I weighed in a little heavier, you know, so I would say subtract maybe two, three pounds. And like, that's probably where I'm at usually. So around like 345, I'll say. So six and, foot, 345. And in how is, have you, cause I previously, obviously, I mean, you're, you're just now getting into your twenties. So um, obviously as a teen, you weren't going to be the man you, nobody is like, you're, you're going to get bigger and bigger, but how much have you steadily been trying to put on? Is this a, an effort? Because Ray does still have a considerable size advantage over you. And I say advantage 
look at when you're when you're doing squats and bench deads not so much but squats and bench you know mass underneath the bar the unracking events when you unrack the squat it's a little different when it's on your back when you unrack the bench it's a little different when it's over your chest when it's on the ground it doesn't help as much but you know kelly brand you had mentioned earlier ray jezza these are large individuals do you are you doing a concerted effort to continue to get bigger or are you thinking this is where I want to rest at and I'm good with it and just expand on strength. Yeah, man, I do not want to get heavier than 350. If I absolutely am convinced that I need to gain weight, I might go up to like 365. Um, but because I can add weight really, really fast, man, because I was actually dieting. I didn't tell anybody because I was trying to win best lifter. So obviously with the new point system, it's not really favorable for people my size. So I was like doing the math and like I was looking at the other lightweight lifters who were competing and I was like, okay, you know what? I think I can squeeze out this win if I go nine for nine, but I'm going to have to lose like five pounds. So I actually dropped like 10 pounds. I dropped from like 345, okay, not 10 pounds, like eight pounds, almost 10. But then like it was right before Thanksgiving and I think Thanksgiving was like two weeks out, three weeks out. So like went to Thanksgiving, put all my weight back on and then I was just like, well, shit, man, it would kind of be dumb as hell if I just started dieting again. So then I just decided to stay at uh, 345 for like the last three weeks. Um, but now I want to stay around this weight. One of the one of the key things that I was very happy about is that my I weighed in just 0.2 kilos heavier than I did back in June. So the fact that like I'm I've been maintaining weight pretty nicely i've been uh just watching what i eat i mean i don't i do not have the best diet i can't give people they i get this asked a lot like how much do i eat i can't give them a straight answer hopefully soon because i'm actually working with one of my friends he's a nutritionist uh, so that way these next six months headed towards uh, the arnold god willing it happens like hopefully um my nutrition will be where it needs to be but uh as far as that man like i just I don't, I don't try to get this big. Like I just naturally blew up to 350. Like that's just pretty much how everyone is in my family. Like uh, my oldest brother, like he's 6'4", uh, 360. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Yeah, my sister, yeah, my sister, the only girl in my family, she's a 5'10", a big woman. I'm not gonna discuss her weight because that's impolite. Dog, and watch then, yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't do it to yourself. Yeah, I know, I know she's gonna listen to this. Oh, but 5'10", is tall, man. Yeah, and then uh, the shortest one right now is my older brother. He's five nine, five ten, but he's like three fifty. And then I'm the fourth child at six. Uh, we'll say we'll just say six foot at three forty, three forty five. And then my younger brother, he's five eleven, three forty. And then the baby, he's fourteen years old. He's already six two, and he's like three hundred pounds. Dude, so, uh, are you just... kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! so like this just runs in the family man like i don't really have to worry about putting weight on like and people ask me they're like man like you look too good like you're not sloppy and like my response to them is like uh, like I, I don't know what to tell you man like i just i'll eat i'll gain weight i'll like be depressed for two weeks or get sick lose 20 pounds work back up but it's like a cleaner 20 pounds and like that's pretty much been the story of my life man like i'll gain weight i'll have like i'll either get sick for a month or two like two three four weeks i'll drop weight 
gain it back better or like I'll like go through a breakup, lose another 20, 30 pounds, and then like I'll just those breakups help, up. huh? That's that breakup uh, diet, Playboy. Helps you helps helps you fit, fit out. <laughs> it, it do, man. It it just it's it do. You know, like I don't yeah. have a what most people would deem an intelligent response to the question, but it's just a lot of how I look is I would say I would accredit a lot of it to happenstance simply because I didn't, I wasn't as hands-on as I would like to say I have been, but I mean, like I do train hard, you know, like I train hard and like, I feel like my physique speaks on behalf of that. So yeah, man. Yeah. You're built like you are obviously built on a frame because it does look natural on you to be that large. It doesn't look like you would have to like, force a certain amount of calories and some previous heavyweights did force a certain amount of calories to get to a certain size but you carry it well and i mean so i've seen you know some super heavyweights where i mean them moving from you know a football field's distance is very difficult for them and it's a manufactured 120 plus heavyweight though you could tell mm-hmm. you know they're not carrying well where other guys you see ray williams do the agility ladder and you're like and he's doing it at pushing close to 400 pounds. You're like, well, that guy is, is supposed to be that big. You know, he's, he's naturally going to be that size. Yeah. Um, you know, whether or not, well, what are some of your future goals? Because one of the things that sometimes, uh, you know, I'd ask some previous 120s down the road is how, how long they want to maintain, you know, pushing such heavy weights on their frames, 900 pounds plus, you know, and, and maintaining that kind of frame what are some of the goals you want to hit? Now you're only how old, 21 or 22? I turned 22 this past June. So t- I think, I think the way that it works, it's like whatever age you are at the beginning of the year, that's like your age for the season. Mm. But uh, I am a summer baby. So I turned 22 in June. So I'll be, I think I'll be, I think the Arnold is after my birthday. So I'll be competing at 23 then. Oh yeah. Cause the Arnold's probably, if it happens, it happens. If it happens. yeah, yeah. If it happens. Yeah. yeah. So some, some of your goals, though, you were saying earlier are right across the board and you're looking at guys like Dan Bell and some of the weights that they're shifting. How quickly do you think we're going to start seeing you in? Do you think you would ever move into a competition head to head or would you stay in the IPF and just look to take numbers down and all time records down under IPF settings? Uh, I mean, I would not be opposed to it, not at all. But I mean, that would have to be a conversation with Joey um, if he's okay with that. But I mean, like, if we can work something out, man, like the way I see it, like, I don't I don't judge them, you know, if they're untested or tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could do whatever they want, you know, if it makes them better, if they feel that's what they need to do to be the best they need to be, by all means, like, it's cool, man. You know, just be honest about it. Um. But like I would have no problem, like maybe in a couple of years, like if something, if they wanted to set something up, like I would have no problem signing up and competing. It would just be if Joey was okay with it, and um, if it, as long as it wouldn't mess anything up with the IPF and the USAPO, because I know that you like to ban people if you like switch federations and you do like a big money meet. Because I know with Sheffield's coming up, um, I, I want to do Sheffield um, for sure. So if setting anything like that up would jeopardize that then it would be a big no but if we can set something up where it wouldn't jeopardize like my standing with the ipf and the usapl then i mean like 
that would be that'd be badass, man. Because it's like like th- these are moments that as a competitor you dream of, you know, like that that antsy feeling when your hands are shaking when you're going against like some of the strongest men that have ever walked the planet, you know, like not just like modern day, but ever. Um, like that's just that like that would be that would be awesome. You know, it's fun to speculate and talk about. Uh, but I mean, like right now, I'm really just focused on Ray. But I mean, like obviously, I want to take Dan's uh, Dan's record too, uh, and I'm gonna do it my way. You know, like I've had people ask me, they're like, "Man, like you need to hop on stuff. Like you could take the all-time record right now." And I'm like, to my, I talk to myself, and I'm like, "Why would I when I can do it on my own time?" You know, because I truly believe that what PEDs do, man, I think that what they do is they just kind of speed up your progression to what you would be if you just kind of took your time, let your body develop, train hard, eat right. Um, and it also lets you get away with like bad habits. Like you could like sleep a little less or whatever from what I understand. But it's like, if I don't need that, man, like why would I, you know? And it's also a pride thing because ever since I was little, like uh, my sister would always tell me like, hey, Jesus, like you're gonna be strong like without anything, like just stay true to who you are. And like my sister, I remember my sister telling me that when I was six years old, like I, I, I can remember these things. And then like my mom too, like, um, like people make fun of like Hispanic families and moms like this because they're scared of like any type of supplement, man. So it's like- Are they really? It's, I need to hear that cliche. <laughs> it's like a meme. It's a Is meme. it really? It's I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's like, if they catch you with creatine, they're like, oh, there's meal. like, what are you doing? Like, no, don't do that to your body. So it's like, that's how I was raised. That's how I was raised, man. So it's like, I was raised with the belief that anything I did, it was through God-given ability. And depending on how far I go, that's up to me to see how hard am I gonna work? How true to myself am I gonna stay? But I mean, like, I see no reason why I can't take that record, especially, on the way that I'm going, like shit, I'm planning on taking Petra's record. Why can't I hit 1165 in sleeves? Like, why not? Why not me? So that's just really my mentality, man. Like, especially cause it's like, okay, what if I, let's say I don't beat Ray next year and I beat him the year after that. Okay, what then? Like, do I stop? No, like there has to be something ahead. You know, there has to, there's always something to work for. There's always something to improve. And I think that subconsciously, like I want, I put this in front of me just because it makes me stay honest. You know, like it makes me hungry. It makes me make sure that I don't deviate, you know, keep my priorities straight. So it's just like, like shit, man. Like, I okay, I know I told you that, that the last podcast that I heard with Dan and like, he's like, oh, I think he said something about how he's like, oh, like he's done. He already has a record. That's right. And like he's only looking at Luke Nall or something like that. Right. And like I heard that, man. And I was just like, and I feel like it's natural, you know. And it kind of like struck a chord in me because it's like, all right, okay. Let's see December. Let's see what happens, you know. And it's like everybody wants to be the best, man. But at the end of the day, we all have a limited amount of time on this planet, you know. Like we're all going to die. That's the only thing every single human being is entitled to 100% is death. So it's like, what can you do with the time you're allowed? You know, what are you going to do? You know, he might be the best technically right now up until somebody else takes it. And then that's just the name of the game, man. There's just going to be somebody else popping up. And it's like, I like, I have, I have my eyes peeled, man, for anybody that I think could potentially 
uh, I could compete against in a couple of years, like teams, I, I keep my eyes on them, man. It's like shit. Like I came out of nowhere. These kids can come out of nowhere. I got to make sure that I'm staying true to myself, that I'm just grinding and just keep working, man. Because the moment you say you've done enough is the moment you should just walk away, put your belt up, go be a gym shark athlete. Like just put it up, man. Because like complacency is the number one killer of like, like it's just going to ruin you, man. Like the moment you say you've done enough, like just, just hang it up, hang it up because there's somebody else hungrier, somebody else younger, somebody else who's willing to go an extra inch further. So it's like, I, I can't stay complacent, man. Like a lot of people have been giving me praise and it's like, I can't take it. I can't take that title. I can't accept that compliment because it's not true. You know, like to me, it's like, you just said that I had the biggest total for 2020 in the IPF. Like that's to me is partially true. And the reason why is because Ray hasn't competed in almost two years or a year and a half. So it's like, I can't take that compliment of greatest total on the IPF until I've done it head to head with him. But up until that, like, yeah, it's nice. It's hyping it up, but it's like, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't amount to anything. Yeah, it's going to be in history. But as far as like value to me, which is, you know, as me being the lifter and the competitor that people are talking about, like that's who it should matter to the most. So it's only going to matter to me as much as it matters to me. And it's, yeah, it's nice. You know, people are going to start giving me the recognition that I think I deserve. Um, but as far as it goes, like I haven't done anything, man. Like I just got to keep working. It, there's, there's, there's um, some of the reasons why I like MMA and boxing is because there's a lineage where to be the best, you got to, you got to beat the best. It's not mm -hmm. like sometimes in powerlifting, some people will go after records and be like, well, I beat your record. So now I'm number one. And for some people that's good enough. And Dan Bell actually talked about it on the podcast you're referring to when he's on uh, previously earlier this year. And he was saying, I'll go after records, but I prefer a head to head show and out. And that's why he's saying Luke Knoll might stick around. He's got, he's about 10 years younger than me. He might beat my records. I'd prefer he face me head to head and try to beat me like that the old-fashioned way and this probably comes a little bit from you being an athlete previously run football you don't run the 40 meter you don't run or sorry uh 40 yards meter there's my canadian coming out of me but um you don't do certain you don't do certain things like that and be like well now we on paper we were going to win leading into this game so we just automatically win no game day is when you yeah. win head to head is where you win. Now you win. And that's that old school mentality. Some other, most other sports have, but sometimes in powerlifting, it loses and it's good for Instagram, etc. But I honestly believe things like Sheffield, when they're happening and you put all the best against each other in the IPF worlds where all the best converge 2020, we didn't have it. Hopefully 2021, we have that. And I'm with you where it's like, nah, you, you got to meet that person on that day. And it's got to all come together because records aren't quite it because you could go nine for nine. But if nobody's pushing you, you just load the bar with whatever you felt like. Whereas if someone's pushing you and Joey's like, hey, Zeus, if you don't hit this, you lose. I could lower the bar to a lighter weight that you're guaranteed to hit. and You'll go nine for nine, but it won't mean anything because you lose to Ray if we do that. That's mm -hmm. when we're talking about sports. How much does it mean to you going back to that same podcast that Dan Bell, you referred to about Dan Bell. The reason why he was saying, talking about leaving the game is 
he didn't see anything in front of him, like you were saying, where he didn't see that push. Luke's there, Luke's developing, but he's not there yet. And he's like, frick, man, I don't want to stick around forever. And you're talking about how you're coming up behind Ray and Ray who's been there five years in a row winning worlds. And for a long time, Ray didn't have anybody. With all due respect to Kelly Branton, Jezza, previous years is mostly a foregone conclusion. So when it came to the world championships and IPF, or sorry, a USAPL Raw Nats, it was the Ray Williams show. And we just like to watch him squat a thousand pounds, but you weren't going to see the sporting aspect, what I just described with the game day mm-hmm. showdown. And Ray didn't have that for the longest time until you arrived. And I hope he's still around for next year. Prime form in his life is, because I know he's got a, a lot of other distractions and it happens because this might be the first time ever that the great Ray Williams, it's like a flip the coin. I don't know who's going to win moment ever for a guy who's a five-time world champion. How much does that mean to you to have Ray having gone ahead of you and you're hunting, you're coming from behind, Dan ahead of you hunting, come from, coming from behind, as opposed to if you were Dan Bell or Ray Williams, you were by yourself this whole time, just breaking down barriers on your own, but you never had somebody that you're chasing. Do you prefer to be the chaser? I can see both sides of the argument or that perspective, because when somebody's in front of you, it's a constant thing. But when you're in front looking back, it's a choice you make to turn around and look at the distance. So it really, and I can see, cause honestly, man, like I don't, I don't, I also don't want to do this for long, like too, too long. I mean, I think I want to be a part of the sport. You know, I'll be around after I decide to hang it up um, eventually, but it's just like, uh, it's, it's, I would say it's a lot easier to be the chaser just because like, that's always been my mindset, man. Like I've always had to, that's what I'm most familiar with. I've never, ever, 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 ever been somebody who's had to look back, you know, because I have always had to find ways to, like I played offensive guard, man. I was 5'10", 260 in high school, but in Texas where everything's bigger, you go against defensive linemen that are like six foot three, 330 pounds. Oh, like wow. they're, have a full scholarship to the University of Texas, man. Like these historical universities that produce NFL athletes, man. So I've always had to compete against athletes who were more gifted than me, more talented. And I've had to find ways to like make up for that. Like, okay, like I need to time my left punch and my right step to be a little bit faster than theirs and just things like that. Um, so, I mean, I probably won't be able to answer this 100% until I get there. Right. But right. for right now, man, like, I'm not going to be too worried about that. I still, I, I'm, it's it's way too soon for me to start thinking about retiring, way too soon. And, like, thinking about people behind me. But, I mean, like, part of, uh, you asked me, like, what my goals were. So, it's going to, like, I want to beat Ray. But I also feel like beating Ray isn't going to be enough. I'm going to have to form and develop and maintain a dynasty that surpasses his so it's like because you asked me and I feel like the right answer to tell you would have been I want to be the best you know like if I didn't really want to be the best then I'd have no business on this podcast I'd have no business competing on Sunday you know like this is what I want to live for this is what I want to do and it's just it's not just about beating the best it's about being the best so it's like to be the best 
you have to maintain, I think, a level of dominance. You have to win like X amount of titles. You have to win more titles than the last guy. Um, so like that's that's how far ahead I'm thinking. I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna beat Ray eventually. And after I do, like how much longer am I gonna be at the top until somebody else comes and beats me? Either because I get too old, I have an injury, or I lose motivation. So it's just like how far can I go and for how long? It is, it is, you know, enjoying being the chaser when you're chasing somebody. There's nothing like you hear people in all, all different types of sports talk about climbing to the top is fucking so fun. You, ha- you don't know what the top feels like yet. So the anticipation of it's exciting. The people around you is exciting. It's unfolding in front of you and you're running down that path and you're chasing after somebody and the moment arrives, you go to bed that night being like, holy fuck, this is it. I'm about to face Ray Williams. This is what everybody was talking about. And you feel, you wake up that morning, you're like, whoa, I haven't staked my claim yet. I'm about to. And that's chasing someone in. He's for a long time, he's going to be the one who's defending. And it's different to defend a title, to defend records, to defend. It's different defending than chasing and opposing and trying to fight for something that someone else has. There's something there to it. And um, I, I know where it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's easier to get motivated that way when you're chasing something in front of you. And it's a different type of motivation altogether when you've been, you're in Dan Bell and Ray Williams situation where you're the top guy, you've been the top guy for years, you got all the records, the titles, whatever. And now you're looking back at that young, hungry lion who, who is what you were. And you're like, do I, am I still hungry? Do I still want it? It's been year after year. There were some years I didn't even know if a new young lion would emerge. There were years where I'm like, if he emerges right now, I'm not there. And, and I hope he doesn't emerge right now because I'm going through some shit right now. And it's, it's just a different time. It's just a different feeling altogether when you're on the top of the mountain defending that mountain. And you almost always, it's like a mind game almost, right? Yeah, and um, that's it. That's exactly it. So uh, who knows what's going to happen ahead of time, but it is important that, you know, for guys like Dan Bell, for guys like Ray Williams for a while there who were thinking, where's my next challenge to throw it up there and be like, fellas, if you're looking for a challenge, yeah, once, ju- right once, once just arrived, <laughs> once just arrived. So in terms of obviously your immediate for 2021, you want to win this thing. Uh, you know, the, the U.S. Nationals, you want to win the IPF Worlds, you want to go to Sheffield. And I'm assuming, does it mean a lot to you in terms of the pound for pound when you're a heavyweight? Or is it essentially, I am the biggest, strongest man in the world? That kind of speaks for itself. Or do you want it all and turn even into points? I want it all, man. I want it all. Like, I pay attention to the points. So it's like, uh, like I already did the math when I talked to Ashton because I know he's number one right now. And it's like, Cause I mean, I don't. Like, you could argue all day about what point system and who, what weight class it favors. But the way I see it, man, it's like fuck. Like you got to play ball within the rules of the contest. So whatever the rules are at that point in time, like you got to abide by it. You know, like that's just the name of the game. So it's just like shit, man. If I got a total twenty seven hundred to be the best, then you know what I'm. Gonna, that's what I'm going to work for. Um, so yeah, like I don't like yeah. People can say, oh, like, Jesus is the GOAT. He did this. He did that. But when I look at it, like, I'm number 10 on the list. 
Nah, I don't like that. Got to keep working. Man. <laughs> you want it all. Climbing. That's I it, do, man. I do. There can only be one. So now that you've already you've had the coming out party and everybody knows about you, whoever was sleeping on the prospects now aren't sleeping on you. I had some people who were like, let's see it when it comes together on game day and you put it together on game day. Do you feel a shift in, shift in terms of the coverage you're getting, the respect you're getting? I seen on your Instagram, you're reposting your story. How many people are like, oh my God, what is Jesus doing right now? And, and obviously I reposted and I posted that hype video and I had people responding to the hype video. We even have the podcast yet be like, holy <laughs> smokes, what happened on the weekend? I mean, guys like Dan Bell are going to hear this podcast. They're going to be like, if, if he wasn't paying attention, he's, you're on his radar now. Um, have things changed a little bit? Do you feel that? Do you think now you're staying in claim? Do you think that'll change at all how you approach the game now that people aren't going to be silent about you? People are now going to be looking your way. As far as, like, changing up anything, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Just because, like, like there's no reason for me to – change anything in like the way I handle things just because like that's how that's how I've messed up my shoulder and my body obviously that's a technique change but I truly believe that like when you change your routine up in any way shape or form it's going to affect something you know something's mm -hmm. got to give so right now like I have a pretty good situation you know like I don't want to I don't I have a good set of people around me that help me keep me grounded um Joey for sure keeps me grounded I keep myself grounded um you know like people talk to me like i'm some superhuman but the way i look at I'm, I'm just the same as you man I'm, I'm just the same as the people that i work out with i'm the same as some guy walking down the street you know like i'm just i just have goals i'm going after like that's really the only difference you know everybody's got something they work for everyone's got something to live for you know so it's just this is nice and all, like, yeah, like the competitor in me is like, fuck yeah, like put some respect on my name. But as <laughs> it's just the person, you know, like, it's like, I do more than this. You know, I'm not just a power lifter. I'm a son, I'm a brother. You know, I, I have a obligated, uh, I have an obligation to be a, you know, a citizen, uh, you know, be a good Samaritan, stuff like that. So like, as far as that goes, man, like I, I'm not gonna say it's not gonna change anything. Important at least, I mean, I will say that like, I've been getting hit up by some some sponsorship offers, which is like, that's always nice. So hopefully, you know, I can get that situated. But I mean, like I said, man, like I don't I do not do this for that. I do this for honor and for glory. You know, I'm a first generation Hispanic American. You know, my grandparents crossed the border. Um, they came over here to give me and my family uh, their future, a better uh, start than they did. Like, uh, you know, my family's only been here in the States for about, 50 years, you know, like I want what I, I don't just want to be the best, you know, I also want to be somebody that people look up to, especially uh, my younger relatives, like my niece and my nephew, you know, uh, my brother's about to have his first kid. Uh, when he's a little older and he can understand, I hope he can look at me and be like, damn, like uncle, like you, you were a dog, man. Like you did this. Like, you know, I want to inspire people. I want to inspire my people, you know, like, my grandma passed away, you know, but I often think like, what would she say if she found out that her grandson um, is the unofficial world record holder for the biggest leap total that any man under the age of 23 has had, you know, the 11th best all time, you know, what would my grandma say, you know, so it's just like things like that. 
um, those are the real, real things that mean a lot to me. Like those are the, my virtues that I hold close to me, you know? Um, so it's just, it's nice, you know? It's like, it's like uh, having the cherry on top, really, you know? Like the shake's already been made, the, the whipped cream is there. And like everything that I get as a byproduct of me working hard, that's just a cherry on top in my eyes. Well, I guess one thing that would, would kind of change is a little bit what you've sort of touched up on there is that, you know, previously you'd be lifting for yourself, but once you start becoming the individual you're saying where you're going to defeat Ray Williams, become a national champion, a world champion, world record holder, you were going to start getting those opportunities in terms of sponsorship. Like we previously said, you know, Ray Williams crossed over onto ESPN, Ray Williams all over the SBD posters. Life, you go to the IPF Worlds, there's a life-size poster of Ray Williams and you start becoming that, you know, the cover guy, you know, the poster child. And the way you carry yourself, all of a sudden, you're a young man, you know, at your age, not many people would have that responsibility necessarily where when you say something, you see it all over social media, people young, all ages really, but you say things on, on comments or posts and you're just having fun. You're just whatever, but they're not in the position that a guy like you is going to, within the next year, still a junior, find himself where there will be probably, you know, Mexican American or Latin people, you know, people all over the world, period, who will look up to you in a different area. Be There'll be Hispanic kids who are like, did you know that the strongest man in the world is is mexican american they take pride and they're not even in, into powerlifting and they might follow you just because of that just because your sign of your strength larger in life character and then all of a sudden that's when there might be a little bit of a change in terms of you know what what i joke around with what i say with me and the fellas is something but maybe what i now all of a sudden when i post some thinking you know there could be 15 year olds 10 year olds who follow me because they look up to me and they, they like you said, your niece, the nephew, you know, all different people, all different ages and all, and you're on the poster of some major companies that are dumping bunch of money on you and you're in ESPN and all of a sudden, the thing when you're a heavyweight is you can become the face of the entire sport. Like when Ray Williams bombed in Sweden, the entire, a lot of people have bombed, my friend. A lot of big name lifters have bombed. When Ray bombed, it was massive for the sport. There was like meetings being held from different sponsors and everyone's like, wow, he, he carries powerlifting on his back and you never feel it more than a slight hiccup that athletes take. But that happened and it was massive. I was there live on it. So in terms of, um, you know, you yourself just being yourself, there, there's a little bit of pressure. Maybe you haven't felt it yet. We're in lockdown in COVID. You haven't had the big wins head to head yet. Records are one thing, but after that, do you, you know, I guess we'll have to have that conversation when it happens, how things change, hard yeah. to foresee. I mean, I like to, I like to think I'm a very PC personality on uh, Instagram. Uh, I really don't like to like get into too much. So I feel like I'm a decent role model. I mean, like I'm, I'm always spewing motivation, like in my group chats with my friends, like if it's one thing that they label me as, it's like the guy who's always motivating. So it's just like, I mean, I mean, that's just who I am, man. So hopefully um, I'll try not to change too much and you know, just stay true to myself. But I mean, yeah, I, that's a good point. That's a good point you make. I'll give you that one. It is. It's, it's um, you know, you, you do want to be true to yourself. You don't want to be fake and phony. You don't want to be 
overly bland, but at the same time, other people will not be able to relate to you later on. They can now, but in three, four years when we talk, they might not be able, they might be like, why don't you, you tell me this, why don't you post it? And you'd be like, we're not in the same pair of shoes, my friend. Uh, you know, we're living different lifestyles, but the good thing about it is it's going to unfold piece by piece for you. When you were younger, did you always have an infatuation with strength? And in your wildest dreams, when you were a kid, did you think you might wake up one day and be the world's strongest man? Um, I'm not going to say strength in general. Okay. This is probably the moment Joe has been waiting for, but like I've, I grew up watching Dragon Ball. So it's like, oh, here we go. I have, yeah, I have an It's a prerequisite to be on that team, it, I think. It is, it is, man. <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit, you know. It gets you in like with the VIP and everything. But, uh, <laughs> so like I grew up watching Dragon Ball, man. So it was just like, I've always had these like, aspirations. Like I would just be like this little five-year-old like sitting on the toilet, like just daydreaming. And I would just be like imagining myself like flying through the sky or like lifting buildings and stuff like that. So I've always had something in me that has led me towards chasing some sort of greatness. So maybe it wasn't strength. You know, I never thought shit. Two years ago, I didn't think I was going to be this strong. You know, I never thought I would squat 900 pounds. I never thought I would deadlift 881. You know, I never thought that. I was going to do all these things, but I mean, it's just, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I just, I can just tell you for sure, hundred percent, that I've always had some sort of direction towards chasing greatness. I've just always had a nose for that. Like that's always been something that I've been directed to, even if it meant at the cost of other things that people would be more important, you know, um, like I've always just prioritized and had a head for, reaching the stars man so it's just i don't know that's just how i've always been since i was little do you drink not often not often how many how many drinks would it take for a man like you to get drunk shit man i have a low tolerance for somebody my size but i guess i've never ever ever blacked out like gotten blacked out but like from a numerical standpoint i think i can say that i've drank maybe like 15 beers to get mildly tipsy or pictures. It, it's not, yeah, that's, that's good. It's, it's a, you know, you hear like stories like Andre the Giant drinking like 150 beers and still being able to drive home or some crazy shit like that. Uh, that's too much, man. That's too much. I don't even know if your body can hold that much. Uh, it's all, in general. It's also probably all. <laughs> um, yeah. Another question uh, that some people are asking is, and, and you brought it up briefly earlier, have you ever thought of possibly one of your goals? Let's say you you take down the you know the showdowns in terms of Ray Williams, IPF Worlds. You know, even in the untested, you break those records. Have you given thought to actually securing that title of World Strongest Man and going into Strongman like a Luke Richardson, like the gentleman ahead of you that you're going to be compared um, to? I have thought about it briefly, man, but it's just like the way that. I'm goal oriented in the way that I operate. I like to not think about it simply because when you have too many goals that don't line up with each other, it can very easily kind of knock you off course and then you're getting distracted. And it's just like, so for right now, like I'm strictly focused. I've had a lot of people ask me, and to be fair, like my origin story led from strongman to powerlifting. Mm -hmm. 
Right. But uh, I mean, maybe, maybe, man, if I feel like, like you said, once I get to the position where I'm the guy on top looking back, maybe then I'm like, okay, like what else can I do? You know, and if I feel like my body's in a good position to make the transition, then maybe because strongman is an entirely different thing just because like it's a lot of mobility, um, it's harsher on your back, like it's a different ball game. You know, like they say that, that uh, strongman, every every strongman can make a good powerlifter, but not every powerlifter can be a good strongman. Just because it's like, you need to be athletic, you know? And I'm not saying that I couldn't compete at that level. Um, it was just saying like, uh, not really thinking about it right now, but maybe in the future, you know, like a little offshoot chance that maybe I win a couple of world titles, a couple of national titles. And then if that's where I feel like I need to take my life in that direction, then I mean, I'll talk to Joey, see where, how he feels about it with my family or the people around my life at that time. And then we'll make that decision, man. But shit, I mean, I'm not going to say never. Like I, I, I'm a firm believer in like never say never because uh, when you do that, you often live it, your cap, you know? So it's like, Got to live life to the fullest, man. So that's a good question. Good question. Keeping it, look at, we might be revisiting this seven years down the road. We're going to dig up this podcast and be like, remember, and you'll be the evening before the world champion, (laughs) you know, the world's strongest man. It's kind of like, look at, you don't know until you get to the point where, you know, you are the Ray Williams. And if you had rain for X amount of years, nobody else has resurfaced. And you're like, look at, I, I'm not overly motivated right now. I need a new mountain to, to climb, one more road to cross. Mm-hmm. That, but you're neither here nor there now. So, but it it would be uh, it'd be a lie if I didn't say this is probably not on everybody's minds where because we've seen a lot of crossover potential. But you're 100 right in that. Um, you know, the power lifts and being strong is good, and a lot of strong men could cross over into powerlifting and squat a lot, whatnot. But when you go over to strong men you know, the risk for injury, the sheer force on knees, shoulders, calves, I'm calf a, tears. I'm going to stop you for a little bit because I've been holding this piss for a little bit. Rock that piss. So I only got two more questions. You rock that piss, young man. I'm going to do you, the same if you thing. Don't mind, if you don't mind, I'll be right back. Me too, dog. Okay. Um, so a couple of questions off the top. I just want to also get, in terms of your training, how often, and not in, in terms of like a volume block or in between, but when you're peaking, how often do you squat, bench, and deadlift? What does it kind of look like for a man like you in terms of hitting singles, uh, singles and in terms of how many days a week you squat, deadlift, and bench press? Okay. So, I mean, pretty much everything stays the same for the most part. So, I'll squat Mondays, bench Tuesdays, off Wednesday deadlift Thursday and then bench again on Friday and that pretty much stays the same all the way through up until the week of the competition where I'll only squat Monday bench Tuesday and then I'll have uh, Wednesday Thursday and Friday off so Mm. that's pretty much the only time that you could say my frequency changes and it's just like in regards to that like I'll talk to Joey and it's just pretty much like if it ain't broke, don't fix, you know, as long we're going to max out my potential with this frequency and we're really not going to change anything until we start noticing like, okay, like my bench is starting to slow down. 
my squat slowing down, my deadlift is slowing down. Like, okay, like what can we do to re-jump that, get that jump going again? But I mean, as far as that, like my basics, basic as it gets. And then I've also done a little bit of research where it's like, you know, when you start getting this heavy and like as hard as you train, like you kind of want to rest almost as like as many days as you're training almost. So, I mean, everything's been working good, man. Like, like I'll, I'll train heavy and then I got a little break after squat and bench and then deadlift on Thursday and then bench again Friday and then I'm off for the weekend. And when you hit singles, do you hit singles pretty much every week? Yes, sir. Pretty much uh, every session, start off with a top single and then we just get straight to the back downs. Gotcha. And do you push the singles or sometimes you just hit a single for a single, but it doesn't have to be a specific number or whatever you're chasing. Yeah, you're uh, just... Go yeah, ahead. So early on, early on, I was, but that was just because I, I didn't really know where like the upper area of my limits were. So that's why when I first started, you would notice like, oh shit, like this guy's hitting a 15 pound PR every week. But it wasn't because... It was just because I wanted to see where my limits were. And then like now that we're getting over 900, about to start working towards 1,000 on squat and like about to eclipse 900 on deadlifts. Uh, we finally crossed. We're closer to 600 than uh, we are to 500 on bench. You know, like now it's just going to be more about uh, just hitting routine, man. Because I like to think that singles aren't just – they're not singles or the purpose of singles are not from my understanding is not to see where you're at on the day or your progress, like as a max, but it's like a skill refinement because hitting a single is far different than hitting um, a, uh, like a volume PR, you know, like I say, like, I feel like Ashton is a good example for this, like for deadlifts. I feel like our deadlifts are very, very close to each other but he can go and hit like 750 for a set of five and it would look like a RP seven to eight where maybe I could only do like three to four, uh, like one or two less reps at a significantly harder difficulty. But when you really look at our maxes, you know, they're a little bit different, they're right. similar, but it's just, it just depends on how people are built, man. Like what type of muscle fibers you have, like, uh, uh, like I'm not, I'm, I'm way better, like, especially in deadlifts, like I can hit like decent, like how we talked about earlier, like I can really like manipulate the volume and like the weight that I'm doing and still manage to get some progression out of it. And it's just, uh, it just really depends, man. Like I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to understand how my body works so I can like fine tune things here and there. Um, to really continue progressing and it's just because I mean like it goes it's like I don't just watch film on my competitors you know I also have to keep watching how I'm progressing like how my body feels at this point in time how what I did differently how much sleep did I get like what did I do for work like uh, what was going on that day what did I do the day before like how much did I eat did I need to eat more so it's just a whole lot of things that go into it because I mean it is a very basic uh, program you know it's very basic and I mean people can go into the argument and be like oh my god like that's all you do like there's no way and like they want to start shaking up shit about Joey and be like oh like that like that looks like a program he ripped off the internet but it's like no like that's not that has nothing to do with it like what I get out of Joey 
isn't a super customized program. I get somebody who's been around the block, somebody who has my best interest at heart, somebody who's doing everything they can to ensure that I'm like, I'm winning, I'm, I'm still doing good, I'm healthy and my mental state is correct. And like his programming, it, you know, it works for all of his, well, most of his lifters, you know, I, I don't know every single FedEx athlete, but it's just like, I mean, it is what it is, man. Like I'm going to take out of what Joey gives me you know, it's my job to put in the work. It's my job to make sure that I'm doing everything I can on my end to match what he's doing on his end. So it's like, like it's it's everything it needs to be, not any more, not any less. And that's that's what I think on that. It's it. I know you mean where like a good coach is somebody that's not going to add things just to if you're confident in your coaching skills and you're confident in who you are, like Joey's got other athletes, he's already proven himself. So he can be confident enough to be like, if this seems basic, just squat one day a week, dead one day a week, bench twice. If that seems basic. I don't care if it's reaping benefits. I am not yeah. going to try to justify or out of insecurity, change things to try to make it spicier, more complicated than it needs to be. And that comes with confidence. Whereas when you're insecure, you might be like, fuck, I got to leave my footprint and justify my job, justify my role. So I need to add things that might not even need to be add, added and you're overcomplicating things just to, for what? It's out of insecurity, man. Is it working? That's all that matters. And it does take yeah. a confident coach and a steady hand to do that. And for other people, you know, it just goes to show how everything is unique to the person. You're not Jesus Oliveras. You should not be lifting like you are because they're not going to end up like you are. Everyone's individualized. So, you know, if 10 different people go to Joey or go to any coach for that matter, it's not going to be all the same just because it's the same coach. He's got different, you know, you guys worked on this together and ended up where you ended up. So sometimes when people try to rip off other people's training, it's like, Go ahead. It isn't going to work for you, man. Yeah. You're an 83 kilo lifter. You're 74 kilo lifter, and you ripped off a 120 plus kilo format. <laughs> How do you yeah. think this ends for you? You know, it's not <laughs> the same. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's just far more complicated than people can imagine. And sometimes, yeah. in terms of individuality, but sometimes it's far less complicated in terms of um, selection of exercises, reps, and variations of. Like, well, mm. have you tried this to? shake things up no i haven't you know i do i squat a lot and that's good yeah. it's got me records and i've got 70 kilo on my total in the last six months i'm averaging more than 10 kilo a fucking month on my total so i'd be crazy <laughs> to start changing things up right but uh, it is what it is but that's part of the internet where everybody wants to pitch in and sound like yeah, smarter everybody than yeah and it's just like People, they're like, oh, like, because I mean, I guess like I'll just, you know, on like the behalf of honoring like the whole honesty thing, like, you know, a lot of people like to talk bad about Joey, you know, they like to say that, oh, like his programming is basic or oh, like he's a basic ass coach or oh, like he doesn't give you as much attention or anything, you know, and it's just like, you know what, man, like y'all can just go stick it up where the sun don't shine, man, like leave the man alone, like he's he's just trying to do what he loves. You know, he's, I think an honest man, you know, he gives his all to what he does. 
you know, and like, and that's, and that's to say that me and Jolie don't agree on everything. Like we've butted heads before, you know, because as much uh, responsibility that I give to him 100%, I also like to be involved in the decisions that he's making for me, you know, because like, what, like, let's, uh, what's a good example? Like back before quarantine, when everything was going to shut down, there was a meet that was like 30 minutes from my house uh, in the neighboring city. And I just wanted to get a competition in. I wanted to get a competition in because if I would put all this work in and I wanted to put it on the platform, but it was like, hey, Sus, like, no, if you do this USPA meet, it might come back to haunt you later, you know? And at that time, it seemed a little aggravating, you know, but me being the athlete that I am and like the whole understanding of like a coaching dynamic to get the most out of it, I need to be able to trust this man with some life-altering decisions, mm-hmm. essentially, because in the business that we're in, he's going to have a large a large part of the responsibility to call my winning pool next year, for example, hypothetically speaking. And, you know, if I win nationals, again, you know, like that, you know, if we, re- we talk again a year from now after that moment, okay, yeah, that'd probably be a legitimate life-changing moment but uh and that's you know joey has a large hand to play in these moments you know and i trust him with that so it's yeah. just you know that's good enough for me you know like i i respect him uh you know i, I have a lot of love for him and i look forward to the future that we have together because i mean like i found my coach man i can't see myself with anybody else for a long time like that's my dude it's 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 kind of where some things can be negotiable some things aren't negotiable where you 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 need a steady hand to be like look at there's a couple decisions we could do together but there's a couple decisions where you got to trust me um you know because i i don't have an emotional attachment to certain numbers so it's easier for me to pick numbers or or what have you and that's you know that's the negotiation of every business relationship working relationship where there does need to be a certain line in the sand of certain issues other things it's like let's talk Let's talk what's working out, what's not working, whatever. Um, and that's fair enough. And I think Joey does have a good open door policy where, uh, I mean, he seems certainly personable, you know, and, and results don't lie. You could, you could, in terms of, uh, you know, science-based decisions, there's so little in powerlifting in, in terms of what we know that's conclusive. Like who has ever taken a sample size for stats. Look, it's been a long time since I was in stats class. Should be no less than 200. No less than 200. Who has taken 200 super heavyweights, had them do a million different variations in isolated in terms of controls and done all this with 200 heavyweights and then recorded pause squats, reps of three, reps of eight, and all the, nobody has is the answer. There isn't. We sometimes talk like that, but there isn't. It is very much intuitive and just collecting data from the individual and trying to make decisions based off that. And sometimes we get a little ahead of ourselves. So I think Joey's all right. He's got, he's got the open door communication with you and you guys are obviously doing something that works. Um, The last question I want to ask you, young man, and thank you very much for your time, by the way. Anytime. We've been going over over two hours and uh, it's <laughs> flowed pretty well. Uh, but yeah. uh, I know you're very early in your career, but it's a question I ask everybody that comes on the podcast for the first time. When all is said and done and you're retired and you're an old man 
looking back, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as the GOAT, man, the greatest of all time. There it is. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that, does it? Uh, says it, it all, doesn't it? Nothing Four more letters. Less. Four letters says it all. Listen, my man, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for your time. I mean, look, congratulations on what you've done so far. And I am excited as hell to see what you do in the future. So good luck with training. We're going to keep in touch, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. See you, buddy.